Hey everyone, welcome back to the Holdcast. Coming back from our summer break, Jack Gersey alongside Robert Lintop and another one of our writers joining us, Alex Carson. So, guys, how's it going? Villa, better news lately, so. Say that again, Jack? Villa, yeah. what news? Sorry, sorry. How's, how's it going? There's been some better news around Villa lately. Yeah, no kidding. It's nice to see a few names coming in. Uh, we had someone go out. Any recollection who that was? No, he wasn't. He wasn't really that important, I don't think, or anything. Alex? Yeah. No, no, I got nothing. All right. So yeah, after Delph, I think we were done getting rid of players for the summer. Yeah, all the all the ins and outs have been finished. We're looking forward to season preparations. That this <laughs> game against Bournemouth uh, looming, and our team should be good. Although, uh, wait, who's our striker? Yeah. Can we take a minute and talk about the fact that the first match is 12 days away? It's, wow, just out of nowhere. And imagine if we would have actually won that FA Cup final and had to play the Community Shield. Oh, God. That would be next weekend, wouldn't it? Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. Well, we finally got rid of Benteke, I guess. We'll, we'll go out and say that in case you weren't following along with the joke. We were just talking about it right, right before the episode, and I guess we'll throw Alex right into it. Um, since Jordan Ayew Jordan came in today, finally agreed the fee on him. We'll talk more about him later, but he's not going to be able to replace Benteke because, quite frankly, no one is. No. I mean, the, the, the biggest fallacy that, that I've seen kind of uh, on Twitter, especially in a lot of columns, is people are, are talking about how he's not going to be able to replace Benteke. And that, that's not going to happen no matter who Villa get. There's a very small subset of players who are good enough, or as good as Benteke, and play a similar role in the world, and none of them, quite frankly, would have any interest in coming to Villa. Uh, so, you know, I think the reason why I'm so big on the Ayu move is, you know, he's quick, um, he's dynamic, he can kind of move around the pitch, play in different places, uh, and he promotes a different style of play than the, oh, we're just going to try to give the ball to Benteke and hope something good happens The Villa had in the past. Yeah, I mean, I, Robert, this would be terrible news for Paul Lambert, but luckily Tim Sherwood likes to play football. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 going to fit in with the fact that, you know, he's gotten Jordan Amavi in on the left side. Um, you know, he's already building a team. The way he's using Carlos Hill in preseason shows us that he is hell-bent on getting the ball forward, but not in a route one sort of put-it-on-someone's-head style. Um, and so this IU signing really fits well into that idea, because IU is the kind of person who can move around a lot. Uh, he's not going to be able to charge at defenders and break them apart like Benteke was, but he can slide into the right positions, and with the right pass, he'll be able to get in on goal. We might see oh. more runs behind the, the final defender uh, from IU in one game than we would in Benteke all year. So it's just a, a completely different style of play, and the, the thought of Grealish and Hale playing behind uh, Jordan IU is, I like that. Yeah, and think think about if if we're going to use Libor Kozak, you'll have someone who's physical and can provide that aerial presence and get knockdowns. Work those two. They're creative players like Grealish, Sinclair, and now Ayu and Heal. I mean, it's just just the attacking options that we have, despite the loss of Benteke, I think are are just much much better. And improving the whole squad is something that's needed to be done for a while. Yeah, I'm not sure we've actually gotten any players who were better than either Delph or Benteke. 
this year. I think in terms of individual players, we've definitely regressed a little bit. But as a team, I think this club has come a long ways over the course of the summer. We've improved in multiple areas, despite the fact that maybe we don't have someone at Benteke's level. Um, I, I'm not quite as convinced on Delph. From what we saw from Gay over the weekend, he, he might be a fine Delph replacement. Especially when Delph's injured. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, we very pointedly did not cover that on the site because I did not want those comments on our website. No, but Delph got those comments on his Instagram. And... Yeah, but you were showing us. Do you still have that up there, Jack, so people can... Yeah, he, he had about um, 14,000 comments to only 3,000 likes on his most recent photo. He said, feeling blessed, disappointed with my injury, but strong road to recovery has begun. Minor, hashtag minor setback, hashtag God is good, hashtag tunnel vision. And everybody left him. Let's take emojis. <laughs> I saw a, a Facebook Facebook forum, Villa fan, saying, I'm making an Instagram to leave Delph a comment. <laughs> because that'll be the Delph reads. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it's sort of off topic from what we were getting at here, but for both of you, now that we're about a week removed from it all, are you still as angry at Delph? Uh, no, but I will, I will always remember the way he left. I'm, I wasn't that angry. You were, I mean, you read my article of how he's going to get money and help his family or whatever. It's just annoying that he said he was going to stay and then decided to go. Yeah. Alex? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of, it's annoying, but you know, I, I would have probably been more upset from the get-go even if Gay wasn't already in. We hadn't effectively signed his replacement while he was going to leave, before he would stay, and then he would leave. Um, and I think also the, the fact that going back to December, I kind of resigned myself to the fact that he would leave for nothing. Uh, and we were able to get, get something for him, effectively the money to bring in his replacement is probably takes away from the anger side of it a little bit. Um, yeah, we almost, we almost lost him for free or sold him to Spurs for like yeah. a million. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's annoying the way he left, I think is probably my overwhelming opinion on it, but it's kind of one of those where it's in the past and it's best to just move on and all right, well, boom, when it comes around in November and he's back at Villa Park, but I was going to say, if, if you're at Villa Park, do you boo him? I mean, yeah, I probably would. Mm -hmm. um, if you know, he's at Villa Park, it will boo him. Yeah. That's the question. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, I want to find a bookie who will give me odds on him getting injured the day before. <laughs> Because yeah. I want free money. <laughs> and um, the thing is, it's not like he's going to be an essential part of any city squad. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's a very likely scenario. I mean, I think he'll go. I think he'll do fine. He'll, he'll get in games. He'll probably get in a couple Champions League games. Probably start maybe half their games. I don't know. Um, you know I mean, he'll do fine. But All the focus is going to be on... It's all going to be focused on Sterling anyways, who scored three goals and three friendlies. So, yeah. luckily for Delph, it's kind of deflecting some attention. I think the Delph, Delph is going to be the man of the match in their Capital One Cup run. <laughs> He's going to play a hugely important role in that cup that no one in Manchester cares about. Or just no one in general. Yeah. I, I would say no one in general, but if Villa won the Capital One Cup, I would be ecstatic. That's true. So, I, I can't poo-poo it too much. Um, but back with strikers, uh, AU is IU, excuse me, is not a Benteke replacement. Are you guys happy with how the whole Benteke thing went down? 
Yeah, I am, because just like what Alex was saying about Delph, we spent the money before we had it, which which is what we needed to do. Because if you wait, someone else is going to sign the players you want. Yeah, no, I I don't have any particular complaints about it. Um, yeah. I wish it would have been neat if perhaps United's interest was a little more substantial uh, and he could have gone to them instead of Liverpool, just because I don't like Liverpool fans. Yeah, personally, their opinions with Benteke. Personally, I wanted to see him leave England, but yeah, whatever. Play to the Sounders or something? No, like like Dortmund before they tanked last year, or like maybe Atletico if if they wanted. Yeah, yeah. I would have taken him at Wolfsburg to try and beat Bayern. I would have sacrificed him for that. I would even let him go to Bayern. Yeah. At least but. he would have scored forty goals a season. True. So, you actually touched on one of my big questions about the whole Vendek, I think, Jack, which is we spent the money before we had it. Um, in terms of outgoing fees this year, we've had about $43 million, And in terms of incoming players, we've spent about $30 million. Do we think that $30 million is all from the sum that we've you know gotten from selling players, or do you think some of this is Lambert injecting cash and Villa actually have more than $10 million left to spend? Yeah, yeah. Lerner, I think, is realizing that it's going to take some money to spend to not finish 17th. And because with all the promoted teams coming up and spending, and the, even teams around us, like that were around us, like Sunderland, spending, you're gonna you're gonna have to at least match them. I think. Like Palace, Palace signed Kabai. Which is so bizarre to me, but I mean, so so do you think? Because right now, if we're just doing ins and outs, we've got about ten million left to spend. Do either of you think that we've got more than that left? If I mean, maybe maybe if it's on Austin, it's fifteen. Okay. I mean, I think I think Villa have a little bit more left to spend than maybe the fees would suggest. Um, yeah, I did a little ways back look at all the uh, players that left the club. Um, and if you accept that, roughly speaking, um, you know, you had to replace, uh, you had to replace, obviously cleverly, but you know, to what extent was he on wages? But you had to replace Vlar, who I think was still only around 25000 a week. Mm -hmm. um, and you had to replace Gibbon with a new backup keeper around 55000 a week. Uh, the club did both of those things, probably right around the same wage bracket. Uh, and the amount of wages that left, plus the fees for Vyman, uh, Loten, and I think there was a um, nominal fee on um, oh, what's his name? Our uh, our French midfielder. Oh, Silla. Yeah, Yakuba Silla. Um, I think there was a nominal fee there, and all that put together almost worked out to being uh, enough to sign Amavi, depending on what the fee was, just because there's so much in wages uh, leaving the club. So mm -hmm. I think there's maybe a little bit more. Um, that, that there is to spend. Uh, I'd like to see another central midfielder in. Yes, but I think especially else. with Given leaving, Given was on massive wages. Yeah. And even when you're clearing out people like Luna, that's anything's going to help. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's one of those things where, kind of like when you're playing like FIFA or Football Manager, and you just sell like all those dudes like Charles and Zogbia for like and two Hellenius. million pound Still on money. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like over time it adds up so that you can add a useful player. The nice thing is that pretty much everybody else who was out 
maybe with the exception of Vyman, wasn't going to play a role at all uh, this year. wasn't really necessary. It was just all those surplus squad players that I think Sherwood would look to replace with some of the, the young guys coming through the academy. So it's, it's a case where you lose that wage contribution, but it's not like you really have to add anything back. Yeah, definitely. I, I would agree. Um, I, I think they've got a little bit left to spend. I think we, if, if there's another big signing out there, I think it gets okayed, but otherwise I think we're probably in the 10 to 15 range. Uh, probably more towards 15. Holding on to some money until January isn't the worst idea either. Uh, again, from a, a FIFA or football manager perspective, what if you lose you lose a center midfielder to injury for the season, or what if the stri- same thing, striker? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and and you can actually get some pretty good deals for 10 million or whatever it is that you have left. Uh, and look look know. at it in January. What if we can try to poach people at the end of their contract? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, the Adebayor deal, I know a lot of people don't love the idea of bringing Adebayor because he has some issues, and I get that. He'll be effectively coming on if we take him on a 100% wage loan. He'll be effectively coming over for $2.5 million. That might be a little bit high, but I think everyone would be okay if we said $1.5 million. And what's a million? Yeah, dude yeah. is still getting paid by Manchester City. We can subsidize a little bit of his wages. Yeah, and I'm perfectly, you know, I think a lot of people have, have expressed concern with them, and I don't know, I'm going to trust Sherwood, the guy who managed him for half the season, got him actually firing up goals. I'm going to trust his his judgment of the player more than random dude on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, and, and I think I, I like the idea that I keep hearing from a lot of people is he's sort of, he probably starts, but he's backup. You know, he's not your primary goal source. Yeah, and I, th- I think competition is the best way to develop a better squad. You bring in IU, you bring in Adebayor, you have Kozak, and what? You also have Callum Robinson, and Egbon Lahore, of course, still. So if you have a bunch of strikers going at it, whoever's the best one is going to win the place in the team, which is the best for the team. Yeah, I mean... You know, yeah, go for it, go, Alec. Go, going back um, to you know Egbon Lahore for the last few years and Andy Byman, I the part of the biggest issue with their development and why they sucked for the last two years is that they had nobody to push them. Um, in Lambert's squads, they were just, all right, you're the guy supporting Benteke week in, week out, no matter how good or how bad they were. Uh, simply getting options in, I think, is going to, you know, it, it'll force guys like Gabby to actually up their game um, or risk just completely being dropped from the setup altogether. And even Benteke was cemented in the team despite having bad runs of form at times. Yeah. You just couldn't replace him. You couldn't justify it. No. Yeah. Um, I keep wondering if this is the end of the line for Gabby because Sherwood seems to have literally no sentimentality. Um, and that seems to be what has kept Gabby around for so long. What do you guys think on Gabby? I mean, just, just from a PR standpoint, he's worth his wages to the club. But yeah. I don't know. I, I'd be fine with moving him on. I mean, I think he gets. I think he gets a chance. Um, and I, I mentioned this on Twitter a few days back. But I think he's kind of worth salvaging, or at least making an attempt to, because I mean, the movement is still generally there when he's uh, fit and playing. You know, in the in the same way that I like the idea of Ayu in front of uh, Heel and Grealish. I think Gabby's movement could cause people problems still. Just you know, he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn right now, and that's a bit of an issue. 
But I think in, in the grand scheme, I think he gets given an opportunity. Um, but I think it's his last one. He yeah. takes it great. If not, I think Tim would be willing to show him the exit door, say, look, you're just going to sit around and do nothing the rest of your career if you want to stay here. Yeah, go find a championship club that needs your help. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm, I'm not sure what to make of the striker position right now because IU and Kozak... Like, if we went into the season with IU and Kozak as our first choices, I'd be totally okay with that. What worries me is the depth behind them. Yeah, you're, you're right. There's still, there still are some question marks. It's, it's Cal Robinson going to be able to break in this team? Is he going to get a loan to a championship club? Are, are we going to bring in Sellers, who's having the stellar preseason? <laughs> yeah, he's been lighting it up in, in preseason. Making us all forget about Russian Hepburn Murphy. I think he's still a few years. <laughs> I mean, he's but, still, what, 16 or 17? Yeah, both of them. Robert, Robert Hepburn this kid has to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, I can blog and go to school. He can play football and go to school. Come on. They're pretty much the same thing. Uh, yeah, no, I it, the depth is the only thing that worries me, because this being Aston Villa, I'm just preparing for 17 injuries. Well, luckily, yeah. luckily Tim Sherwood is... Preparing for the injury apocalypse at center back again, though. And that with today's news of uh, Jose Angel Crespo. Am I getting the name right? Yeah. Jose Angel right. Crespo. Um, what do you guys think of this signing? I mean, even though it's not official yet. But what do we think uh, of Crespo? I, th I think it was a million euros, and that's okay, no matter what happens. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's just like he sounds like a, a solid utility depth um, defender. I think he played it at center back, at right back in, left back this year, um, then at Cordoba. And, um, you know, bringing in a guy like that is, is perfectly fine. Um, it's yeah. much more encouraging than last year when you brought in Senderos on a free. Like, if someone's going to give you him for free, like, um, what's wrong with him? What's yeah. why is, What are these damaged goods you're shipping off to me for free? <laughs> Turns out it was a damaged knee, but, you know. <laughs> um, I, the thing that I find really interesting about Crespo is the, the reaction has been pretty bleh on Twitter, on the website, on everything. I think the problem is if you just do this signing, everyone's going to say, cool, that's great. The problem is it's coming on the heels of Idris Agay, uh, Jordan Amavi, and Jordan Ayew. And so relative to those, he looks like junk, but he's not supposed to be one of those players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you have to you have to take take it and look at what this player is going to offer the team for that amount of money in that role. Look, he's not going to be first choice. We don't want him to be first choice. What if he's a better right back than Hutton? Play him. I I keep wondering that because like I am so unhappy with our right back position. I think Akora is a better right back than Hutton. Yeah, I just. My problem is when Hutton is on his game, he's a great defensive right back, and and if that's what we want, that's okay. And when, when we he, play West Brom, he can go break someone's legs. It's a two for one kind of a deal. Yeah, but he he more than most tends to just have days where he's an idiot, and that really gives it trouble. Um, are you comfortable starting the season with Hutton at right back, Alex? I would prefer Bakuna at right back over Hutton at right back. I know Bakuna's terrible defensively, um, but he actually gets forward and can play in some solid crosses. And again, it depends on who's playing up front. 
if we're playing three short dudes up front, then maybe Bakuna isn't the best option at right back, because none of them are really going to win with headers. Um, I wouldn't mind bringing in uh, a quality right back, but if you're going to bring it in, you have to do it right, and you have to spend the type of money that you spend on Amavi, uh, and get a player like him who's both competent going forward and defending. Um, if not, you might as well just stick with the situation you have uh, and, and adjust who you play based on your opponent and what you're trying to accomplish. So you'd say Hutton isn't enough of a disaster to worry about at this point? No. I mean, I he we, we generally survived when he played last year. Um, you know, defensively, he can be really good on the day. Um, at, other, at other times, he's terrible, but... If that's only one position, I mean, I think having I think having Micah Richardson helps a little bit with cover for our right backs, um, and you know, we'll see. At the end of the day, I'd rather get a central midfielder in than a right back, unless you're going to do the right back position. What about you, Jack? Do you want to see someone brought in at right back there? Oh, I would. I, I think it's unfortunate that Spurs beat us to Kieran Trippier because. That I think that was someone who was going to be at a decent value. Like Alex was saying, you have to spend some money, otherwise you're just going to get someone totally useless. With with Hutton and Bakuna, yeah, it might be a position that we're stuck with them. Like like what we'd seen at left back for the past god how many years outside of when we had Bertrand. I keep seeing people, and I I don't know if there's any reality to this, but I keep seeing. Uh, DeAndre Gedlin tossed around as a we could get him on loan. Oh, uh, okay, that's going to be much better than Bakuna. Is is that that's plausible that though? Idea. I, I mean, do either of you think that's something that could happen? I I could see it happening. I don't know. I mean, you know, the the thing is, at the end of the day, you know, adding Trippier to Kyle Walker and Yedlin, Spurs have at the very least one. Uh, one right back too many. I think seeing if we could track down one of those guys, at least you know, at the very least on a, on a season mode, would be beneficial. Um, I think Yedlin would play well to what Sherwood wants, and that he gets forward really well. Um, he's really fast. At the same point in time, I'm not sure he can defend better than Bakuna. Um, but you know, if there aren't any other viable options, I wouldn't be opposed to it. If you're yeah. going to take a risk, I think doing it on a loan is a much better idea than a transfer. And yeah. You can just rent somebody for a year and then say, hey, maybe we'll have better luck in the market next year, but this is a stopgap for now. The problem I see with Yetlin is the persistent rumor that we're going to get out of Iora on loan. And then do you have two players on loan from the same club? Can you have two players on loan from the same club? I can't remember. I thought with Premier League teams it was only one to another club. That's correct. Okay, so yeah. so if Adebayor comes in on loan, any talk of Yedlin is scuttled. Or any Spurs right back, for that matter. Yeah. Um, I It popped into my head. There is, there's nothing backing this up. This was just an idea that popped into my head. Buy Adebayor as a sign of goodwill. Actually pay a fee for the guy and take Yedlin on a year-long loan. Make that part of the deal. Sure, yeah, that, that's a good idea, actually. That could work. I mean, yeah. I could see that sort of thing maybe convincing Daniel Levy. I don't know. I think I don't know what money. That's a good. That's a good starting point. <laughs> I hear Spurs like it a lot, so you know. Um, so we've got we've talked strikers. Uh, the preseason game uh, this weekend, we saw Idrissa Gay make his debut. Um, 
by all accounts, as good, if not better, than Fabian Delph. Uh, thoughts? Did you guys get to watch it? I, I didn't see this one, but I'll just say too, too early to tell on Gabe versus Delph. Mm-hmm. Got to give it a season. I, I mean, I understand why why you instantly look, because really, Delph paid for his replacement. That's all you could ask for. I'm excited to see Gabe, but yeah, too early to tell. You guys watched it, though, right? Yeah, I got to watch it. Did you get to, Alex? I watched uh, some of the second half, so I didn't see much of him. Um, but I did see you know, a lot of good things um, on, on Twitter uh, and around you know, different places that make me optimistic that he can at the very least fill the role. I mean, his stats from, from last year uh, in Ligue 1 look pretty good, all things considered. He played for a really solid side uh, in Lille, so I think he should be able to come in with, with a few problems, and hopefully he is that type of player. Can Villa just play in the French League this year? Like, we bought all their players. Villa <laughs> and Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing that really struck me about Gay is in the first half, he showed no... Remember how when Grealish started coming on under Sherwood last year and we were all so amazed at the fact that he looked like he didn't realize he was supposed to be scared? Uh, Gay sort of had that... He shouldn't be scared. He's older, he's more experienced, but he sort of had that bucket, let me just charge right into this attitude. Um, yeah, and if him and, and Carlos Sanchez both do that deep in midfield, that's, that is kind of scary. But Yeah, no, uh, Gay, Gay was getting into the attack... Collecting the ball deep and bringing it forward as a really solid box-to-box guy, it was it was everything I could hope for, especially when he linked up with uh, Amavi on the left there. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you guys for Amavi? 11. He had, he had the most interceptions in Europe last year. Yeah. Alex? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'll give 10, not steal the thunder of a number bigger than 10 from Jack. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it, it's been ages since Villa had a competent left back, especially because we somehow managed to break Ryan Bertrand in the time that he was here. Uh, so, you know, finally finally having a guy that looks to be the real deal, and, and bigger than that, somebody who fits the tactics of, of Sherwood and his ability to get forward, um, his ability to pop up with a goal or two, his ability to put in some really good crosses. Um, you know, I watched uh, Friendly who played down at Swindon, um, and he looked really good going forward, putting in you know, any, you know, balls better than anything we saw from left back last year. And both, both, both him and Gay coming off their best years of their career. So yeah. that, I mean, it's encouraging to sign players like that. And, and I do, too. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think of all of the new signings, MRV is the one that excites me most this year. Um, you know, that's the kind of a signing that you could see a Manchester United making. And the fact that it's he's with they, us. They paid $35 million for Luke Shaw last summer. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's I mean, pretty exciting to see that come in here. However, the yeah. financial hit from that is probably less compared to Villas for taking on Senderos on a free because they make a billion dollars off their shirt. No. All right, is there any other transfer news we need to cover? I mean, we, we were talking a little bit about Wofford and how they've signed, they've signed 10 players, and I think just as a, as a general thing, if, you, if you're bringing in a lot of players, it sometimes can be hard for the squad to gel. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, and that's one issue that Villa may have here, is, is there going to be time for them to gel? 
Um, well, was that, we that got Luke, our business done early. We didn't buy everyone on deadline day. Yeah. There was that Luke Beardsworth article in the mail uh, last week that, oh, no. made me, that made me so <laughs> angry. Um, you know, saying that Villa are doomed because we don't have time for everyone to get together. Is that an actual problem? I, I don't... I don't think so. No, it's. I don't know. You know, anybody who's bringing in anybody hasn't had much time to work with them. Um, as long as there's a coherent philosophy behind all your signings, and you know where they're going to fit in, um, you know, and, and if they can come in and play similar roles to what they played, I think they're going to be. Yeah, it helps. It really helps if you sign players who play in the style that you want to play. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like they have to come in and learn something new. Um, they don't have you know, to come in and learn the Lambert long ball. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads, just kick it as far as you can. Uh, I'm going to need you guys to just pass it back to Guzen for him to kick it deep. <laughs> All right. Or off to the side. Benteke, everything is on you. You yeah. got it? Sure, boss. <laughs> it just, yeah, it's... Are you guys feeling optimistic about this? We're, we're one podcast away from the season starting. Um, do you feel better than you did on May 30th or worse? Was the, the FA Cup was before that, right? The FA Cup was the 30th. Hmm. Well, at, coming into the 30th, great. At the, 30, the end of that day, terrible. So Okay, so do you feel better than you did on, what was it, the 23rd? Yeah, the last I mean, day of the season. I mean, it's close. We, we had just got smashed by Southampton. And I thought we were going to beat Burnley, but that was also unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, it it's got to be better, because we had, we had to figure Benteke was probably going to leave us, right? Yeah. Yeah. So good, because we, we I think we've done really good business this summer. Are you feeling optimistic, Alex? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty optimistic. Uh, I had said you know, a few months ago that I wanted to see what Sherwood could do with the existing squad over the course of a full season, and Tom cleverly kind of torpedoed that about a week or two into uh, the summer, and then at that point it just kind of became, all right, let's get the overhaul uh, and then done with. Obviously you lose you lose a lot of what had been the spine over the last few years, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, it's the spine of a team that took you to 15th, 15th, and 17th, I think it is. Um, yeah. And that's, that's not particularly great. Um, I think, you know, Sherwood's done some really good business. Uh, and I think he's building a side that will play to a style that he wants. I think he has something in mind that says, hey, this is how I want my team to play. Um, and I think they're going to have a really good opportunity to get out on the right foot against Bournemouth. On I just saw, just saw a link on Twitter from Liverpool offside, our sister blog at SB Nation. Liverpool FC transfer rumors, Aston Villa to splash Benteke money on unwanted red. And there's a picture with Balotelli in it. No. <laughs> <That's>, Please. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind it. I, I seem to be one of the few Villa folks that actually kind of love him. Um, but no? Oh, that's disappointing. I clicked on the link, and it's about Fabio Barini, who's also... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. I thought we were connected with Barini. Yeah, so... No, that's that's all right. Um, sorry, sorry, keep him. No, we don't want him. <laughs> um, I was just doing some quick numbers in my head. First match against Burnmouth, we could be playing with five outfield players who never saw the pitch for Villa last year. 
Uh, you could have Kozak, Ayu, Gay, Amavi, and Richards. And that's assuming no one else comes in. Those are five people who never played for Villa last year. This is a brand new team, basically. It is, it is. And, I mean, it's you don't want to compare to Southampton, but you just look at that as what the model of what you want to do. If you can sell your players for much more than you bought them for and bring in new players to improve the, the squad as a whole. Yeah. So we'll get into this in more depth next week, but uh, just what is a reasonable goal for this season? What do you guys want to see from Villa? Alex? Uh, it'll be a bit of a different goal, but I'd like to see them clear of the relegation battle uh, in like early February, I think it is, because there's that stretch around the holiday season in January that's just really, really easy. Um, so if they if they hit their stride there, um, you know I think I think it'll be a, a, a nice last few months of the year for once. Uh, there's an there's a level to which you know it would be nice to sit here and say oh yeah let's get top half. Um, you know that'll really show that the club's pushed on. But at the end of the day, the difference between finishing tenth and finishing sixteenth is you know a few million quid, and you know it's just kind of you know a, a, anybody who's kind of there from like eleventh down. Um, is in the relegation battle at some point in time. So it's just kind of being realistic and saying, look, if we can steer clear of it early on, um, that that will constitute progress rather than having it looming over. You know, you look back at the 2010-11 season, you know, Villa finished ninth, they finished top half, but you wouldn't necessarily say it was a great season because you flirted with relegation almost the entire time. Yeah, definitely. Jack, how about you? What constitutes this a successful season this year? Yeah, I think staying above water while playing attractive football. Like we we've got these new signings in, we have Sherwood, and people are gonna people are gonna want to watch this team play. And if we can sell out Villa Park and make it exciting, sure we're gonna give up some goals. Our our manager's Tim Sherwood, but hopefully we can score a few more. And I mean, hover around mid table, not flirt with relegation. I know last week I said hopefully we get 42 in March, but. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's not realistic. And like Alex said, if if we're basically just out of the woods by February, you can focus on tweaking your squad, getting those youngsters in, and really just culturing them and working them into the first team. If we're out of it by February, we could be focusing on the FA Cup again. Well, if, if we're still in the FA Cup. Yeah, but if if you're out of it by February, that's only two rounds worth of play in the FA Cup. So win two matches. Um, and and that's something that the team could reasonably be focusing on in February. Yeah, that's, uh, that's another really good goal, I think. Another cup run. How fun was it? You know, it was a blast. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see that. Um, I, I'm kind of in line with you guys. I, I want to be out of relegation early. I don't want to write or keep a massive spreadsheet with relegation odds this year and have to write multiple stories. They do wonderfully for the site, and I love that. I'm tired of writing them. I don't want to care. Yeah, I think Villa winning is the best for the site, though. You know. Yeah, exactly. So maybe so, besides transfer rumors, we want to just want to thank everyone for the great month we've been having. Yeah, it's been fantastic, guys. So keep reading our site, everyone. Always tell all of your friends, force them to read the site. Hey, do you like Villa? <laughs> no. Okay, still read the site. <laughs> you like Villa? No. Okay, I still have a site for you. <laughs> Oh, God. Make everyone you know read our website. 
Um, it's, like, it's like going to a bar and trying to just push your religion on someone. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the idea of me as a uh, of all of us as sort of ministers. I mean, we can't we can't say, do you know about your Lord and Savior Christian Pateke anymore? I guess <laughs> Tim Sherwood. Yeah, Tim Sherwood. Tim Sherwood. Yeah. Tim Sherwood, you're, it's time we all accept Tim Sherwood. Um, all right, so what's what's the next friendly that we've got on the schedule? Uh, wolves. Wolves. Yeah. yeah. And Wolves coming back up to the championship. They were relegated two years in a row, two years in a row like Wigan. And just those those W teams got to feel bad for them, I guess. But yeah, I think I don't know. I think Wolves will be a, a little better test than Walsall, and again, a chance to see see some more of the new guys in the squad. Hopefully we'll uh, have Ayu playing by then so we can actually get a sense of what he might do with the club. Yeah, I mean, and I really like, I mean, it's good to see these friendlies because you get two teams in two halves. Yeah, although more and more, uh, especially over the weekend, they were, they were actually getting players 90 minutes. We didn't have an 11-person bench, which was bizarre to see. Yeah, players besides Mark Bunn getting a full 90. Yeah, absolutely. So it should be nice, but we've got that coming up. When is it? Tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow is the Wolves Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, again, looking for not getting injured. I don't really care about the results all that much here. I'd like to see Carlos Hill back. Um, it would be nice to see if Jack Grealish could get some time. His hamstring is apparently getting better. I think he, I think he got over his hangover. <laughs> <laughs> Should be good to go. There's just, just two friendlies left, though, Wolves and Nottingham Forest. And like we were saying, that first came against Burnmouth right around the corner. God, I cannot. This short summer has just sucked. Oh, we might actually get to see Guzan against Wolves. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what a disaster the United States just had. Yeah. Um, Guzan saved a penalty. Did you, did you guys see that's what the site tweeted? Oh, my gosh. Like, their story on the U.S. losing in the third-place match was Brad Guzan saves a penalty. It was like the Cubs getting no hit and saying Dexter Fowler draws two walks. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just like, oh, my God, Aston Villa. I, I get this. You have to spin this positively somehow, but how about you just don't write about it? Like, that would be better for everyone. If you wanted, to go, with the, if you wanted to go with the headline from that game, you could have went with uh, Brad Guzan... Saves United States from bigger embarrassment. Yeah, no kidding. What was it like? Ten shots on goal. Something like that. And he it only let in one. Guzan saves penalty. Semicolon. Not Klinsman's job. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, don't say that. You'll get you'll get all sorts of hate on Twitter. <laughs> Klinsman should be out. All right, dis disregard that that last thing Alex said. I think, uh, on that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, keep checking the site. We're going to have all the coverage of the friendlies, of course. Any new signings we might make. Anyone who leaves the club will have news on that. And Come leave a comment and discuss it with us. We're always happy to take your thoughts about Villa. Send them to us on, on Twitter as well. Usually it's Robert over there, but sometimes you could catch Alex or I. Anyways, we're still on Blog Talk Radio, Sound, not SoundCloud. I, I was lying about that. iTunes and Stitcher. So you can check us out there. But that's going to be it. We want to thank Alex for joining us. You think you'll come back sometime, Alex? Yeah, yeah. We've been, Assuming you don't we've have been... class when, when recordings happen. Yeah. 
Yeah, Alex, Alex is obviously still very busy. We tried to get him on the past, but um, usually it's just Robert and I. So for Robert, I've been Jack Grimsey. We want to thank you for joining us on the whole cast, and we'll be back talking to Villa next time.